Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh no, summer's over. Kids are back to school and we could kiss goodbye the days we spent on the beach just lounging and relaxing. But if you're a moviegoer like I am, that means it's the end of the summer movie season. So in this week's episode of Movie Time, we recap movies of summer 2022. What were the highs? What were the lows? And what does it mean for the box office in general? All that on this time, Movie Time, coming at you right now. What's going on, everybody? It's another week, and we apologize this is a little late because of Labor Day weekend, but we are back. You got the movie bros in the house. Myself, low-key geek Renee here, and my boy, Blake the Wolf. What's going on, my man? Yo, Renee, Labor Day weekend is behind us now. Uh, what, a, what a wild summer. We're going to get into it. Um, I love talking about movies with you. I am excited uh, to be here. Uh, yeah, dude. How was your Labor Day weekend? It was good. It was good. It was quiet, a little quiet. I didn't watch any movies really this this weekend, even though they had that big uh, National Cinema Day on Saturday, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, it was just, you know, relaxing and chill for the most part. I know you've been busy with like the U.S. Open and all that stuff like that happening here. So how's that been? Best friend in town, mom in town, U.S. Open. I volunteer for that tennis tournament. I'm obsessed with tennis. And um, R.I.P. Serena Williams, loved you. Uh, miss you already. Um, yeah. And then also, I watched one movie, and it was The Big Sick, uh, older favorite of mine. Nice. Uh, I cried like a baby. So I'm excited to talk about movies that we like. love. I love that movie, but I also yeah. like... We're talking about summer movies right now. Let's talk about some fun stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for this conversation. No, definitely. Yeah. So now that summer is kind of officially over um, to for a lot of people and especially the movie industry, uh, we thought it would be great to kind of recap the year, the summer of 2022 uh, as far as movies are concerned, because uh, the industry saw a bit of an uptick, obviously, s- since last two years and everything. So it'll be cool to recap that. We'll talk about briefly like our favorites, um, our least favorites, or the ones that we were disappointed in the most. And obviously, because there's a lot of movies that come out, there's some that we may have missed, things that we're looking forward to catching up on uh, when we have a moment that came out during the summer as well. So if you're new to the channel and you're coming across these two talking heads for the very first time, hello there. Um, The movie time podcast show is our weekly show that Blake and I do uh, basically two buds just get together bullshit and talk about movies for the most part um, for those of you returning welcome back glad to have you on board once again if you are new and you like what you see and you want to hear us talk about more stuff definitely don't forget subscribe like notification bell all that good stuff if you like listening to stuff uh, through your podcast platform of choice you could find the low kiki channel there where you could find this episode and many others for your listening pleasure. Make sure to download those and leave a great rating when it prompts you to, because every little bit counts and it's all free. 
It doesn't cost you a dime. All you have to do is just show a little bit of love and it will go a long way. And don't forget, comment, comment, comment. We love having conversations with all of you. We've been having some great conversations with our last episodes, a couple of episodes and all that. So definitely would love to hear your thoughts about everything that we talk about um, for every episode. So moving into, so obviously because of, you know, the pandemic and all that, the movie industry has been suffering, trying to find itself to readjust to the state of the world. And I do think because of that, a lot of um, moviegoers and audiences have changed kind of their habits of watching movies. You have a lot of, you know, streaming platforms now that are contributing to that whole um, change in attitude and all that. So for a while, it was a question of, well, how are the movie theaters going to recoup? How are they going to bring business back and all that? And they've tried many different things. Um, I mentioned National Cinema Day, which this was the first day that that was brought upon um, and that was introduced, where for one day here in the United States, um, all of the major movie theater chains decided that on Saturday, every movie for any showing and any format, whether it's standard format or what have you, would only cost you $3. So it'll cost you $3. And then on top of that, they had special deals on concessions. So you would have special combos, I think for like five bucks or something like that. So it was insanity. And I didn't participate. I, I, Blake, I believe you didn't participate either. Um, Dude, I because... didn't know about this and I am so oh seriously angry. <laughs> I was it. I I saw um, Music Man, which I'm allowed to mention here because it used to be a movie all time yeah. fave with my mom. Watched it growing up. Saw it on Broadway, so I probably wouldn't have gone. But damn, mm-hmm. Happy yeah. National Cinema Day! Are you? Are you? It, it reminds me of like um, New York when it's tourist down season. That's when we do Restaurant Week. It's like right, that right. Hey, been a bad couple years, everybody. We want to get you back to the movies and remind you why you love it. Yep. If we give it to you for free, will you just like, can you pay for a ticket next week? What about the week after that? I know, right? That's kind can of have a rain check? That, like, but yo, that's it's times of desperation. It's like sure. times of war when we're at our most resourceful and Absolutely. out of necessity. It's the mother mm-hmm. of invention. So I'm that's awesome. I can't wait for next year. Uh fuck, happy National Cinema Day, everybody. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I'd like and it. It, it seemed to have worked because um, I'm reading an article now from Dark Horizons here about National Cinema Day. Uh, and basically it says, with the help of heavily discounted tickets down to $3, an estimated 8.1 million moviegoers went to the movies on that day alone. Wow. Yeah, is it's it crazy. Is 1996 all over again? What is happening? <laughs> I know. What? Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. Um, the, the article continues to say that more than 3,000 theaters across the country, including major chains like AMC, Regal, were involved in that one-day event that brought in $24.3 million, which is 9% ahead of the previous Saturdays, um, even despite you know discounted tickets and all that. Now, there weren't any major wide releases, but they saw a lot of people going back to watch Top Gun Maverick, Spider-Man No Way Home made a re-release, I think, for this special occasion with the extended fun version, whatever you want to call it, with added scenes. A lot of people went to see DC League of Super Pets, uh, Bullet Train, Minions, um, and the list goes on. Jaws was re-released to celebrate its anniversary. And because of that, it actually made 
um, the box office weekend list as uh, top grossing earners, uh, which we can look at here at, at this next screen I'm looking at. So Top Gun claim, reclaimed the number one spot with $6 million. Bullet Train came in second with 5.7. Spider-Man No Way Home came in third with 5.4. DC League of Super Pets pulled in $5 million. And the only new movie that came out was The Invitation, which pulled in $4.8 million. If you look down the list, Jaws made ninth overall with $2.6 million. Again, for a movie that's like, what, over 40 years old or what have you? So... Uh... It definitely helped with getting butts in seats, but this was just one day. And obviously it's like, you know, discounted rates and all that stuff like that. So you could tell this was like a last hurrah for the summer for the movie theaters to kind of recoup whatever losses they may have suffered through for the the summer. But overall, as the summer, it kind of uh, was profitable, not profitable, but it pulled in definitely a lot more money than it has in the last couple of years. I pulled this list together here of all the movies that came out from May through the end of August. And I should clarify. So when we talk about summer movie season, it starts off typically first of May. So May 1st and then, you know, Memorial Day weekend is like the huge kickoff to summer where a lot of people, you know, they leave school, you know, take vacations or what have you. And then it goes through Labor Day because Labor Day is kind of like the last official hurrah for summer weekend and the summer season. So when you pull in all the movies that came out between this period, um, I tallied, and these are numbers that I pulled from thenumbers.com, great movie resource if you're looking for box office numbers and all that. $3.2 billion um, was pulled in um, by the theaters this summer. Now, I read previously that I believe last summer it was like around 1.6, 1.7. So obviously... A lot more people felt more comfortable going out to theaters, but there was also a lot more to offer compared to last year. Um, another article here, according to um, the let's see, the New York Times, or I should let's start here with the Hollywood Reporter. So, despite a, a strong summer, August did see a tumble of forty three percent. Um, from previous years. But I think that's mainly because of lack of options and movies that released in August as a whole. Um, You would notice that most of our episodes, we always talk about a lot of the new movies that come out. We give our reviews and all that. But in the last couple of weeks, we haven't been doing that because quite honestly, there hasn't been any like major movies that we had a chance to see at any given time recently. And it it shows with the box office numbers and all that. But... um, as we break down, um, Top Gun. Top Gun seems to have been the movie that saved the movie theater industry for the summer, at least, uh, with an overall just dem- like, yeah, just like Tom Cruise saved Miles Teller, just ejected <laughs> yes. at the last uh-huh. possible second. We oh, thought yeah. movie theaters were dead, and then in comes that plane. Tom Tom Cruise with his F fourteen or F-18, whichever part of the movie you want to follow, um, came in and decimated the box office numbers with a full total of seven, $701 million um, domestic wow. box office. And if you look at worldwide, $1.4 billion, which is... Wow! Now, we haven't heard numbers like this since pre-pandemic times. And the fact that... 
Game. Paramount and Tom Cruise were so smart to hold on to this movie to release it back in theaters when they were able to, because they could have gone the streaming route, which a lot of you know movie um, in, like companies decided to do and all that. But they said no, stick to our guns, Top Guns, and we are gonna nice. play. Oh, thank you, thank you. I worked on that a little bit, um, and let's leave it in theaters only and. It, it paid off big time for them. Second under that was Doctor Strange with $411 million, uh, not even breaking $1 billion worldwide yet. Jurassic World Dominion, $375 million. The list goes on and on and on and on. So Top Gun was like the big thing that stood out above everything else. Um, if, I mean, the, the obvious quote from Top Gun is, the problem is movie theaters... But the movie can save it. It's not the plane. It's the pilot, baby. And Top Gun <laughs> was the pilot to save it. I love it. Um, I'm going to put you oh, on yeah. the spot right now. Pop sure. quiz time. Yeah. Listeners, play at home. Where does Top Gun, you might know it, where does Top Gun rank for all-time box office? All-time like, box office? I believe. Yeah, just if, throw out a number. Yeah. Sure. I want to say, I think That's right good. now it sits on six. Six overall all-time box office because it, it broke records in the last couple of weekends of it uh, being out. Mind you, Top Gun has been out now for roughly what sixteen weeks, maybe. Um, I want to see here, fifteen. It's been out for fifteen weeks, and it's been within the top five pretty much since it's been out. When you said that, what you said, six spot is that domestic or worldwide? Um, that should be domestic. Yeah. Good. I'm you're not, okay. You're you're real close. Am I? Okay. There's, there's no judgment. It's, just, it's a judgment-free pop quiz. <laughs> the fact you got it that close is amazing. I was playing a guessing game with my dad the other day on the phone. I was like, I think it's going to be like number three because I was thinking the other ones. But anyway, domestic, it's number five now. It um, It had just passed. Black Panther, because Black Panther was at 700 million something, and now it's at 701, Top Gun Maverick, five spot. And then for worldwide, it's at the number 12 spot. And there's a few others that are kind of like, it's basically what kind of things you would expect where movies that are more primed for the international market that are less talky, less words, less nationalistic maybe than Top Gun. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like Lion King, for example, is one of those where you could translate it more easily, that that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's amazing that we had a movie in the year of 2022, the movie, the year that theaters died, and nope, yeah. we got a five spot on the domestic box office. That's wild. It's Shout insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane how this one movie did so much this year. And word of mouth... You know, people repeat viewings, all that stuff. They didn't do the Spider-Man thing where they re-released a, a director's cut or a more Top Gunny cut or what have you. Um, it was the same movie that everyone's seen, and it was able to, yeah, crack into the top ten and now officially in the five spot for all-time domestic uh, numbers. Yeah, above it. How is Avatar still in the top five? That is that still kills me. The fact that Avatar is that that strong of a movie that it still remains you're, in the top five all time domestic. Joking. It's it's the best movie of all time. The fact that it's so low <laughs> is offensive. Dude, I alone saw that one in theaters eight, counted eight times. 
Oof. And so I wow. would like to think that I helped contribute to those numbers. I it was definitely in college. Did. I had just discovered that the world could be a more colorful place than it used to be. And I saw that movie so many times. I'm sure I'm not. the. It, it, I think it, it makes sense to me, but it is mm-hmm. funny now because it is viewed as so corny. But yeah. I think it's what next year we're getting the sequels. The world this year, man. Again. This year. This year. End of yeah. year. We're talking end about it on this in a few months. Yo, the world might change. People be like, it wasn't corny after all. Just like Top Gun, it was beautiful. We'll see, buddy. I can't wait, though. But yeah, it, I get it that it's been cornified. But everything that gets to that top spot, like on anything, any, it's yeah. just like old news, old hat. You know, there's a few exceptions to that, of course. But it is kind of, it is pretty damn corny. And we're, I'm skeptical about this one. We talked about it before. But mm-hmm. um, we'll see. Uh, what, it well, is funny yeah. that one's so high. What will really be interesting is because they're planning to re-release the original Avatar back in theaters before, like leading into the sequel release. It'll be really interesting to see, like now having people watch it today, how that reaction is going to be. Interesting. That could kill the franchise because you see the current technology with the whatever, whenever that was 2008 or so, that lens and people go, oh, this was actually wasn't that good. You could, that could be a reminder not to see the sequel. Right. That's a funny move, but here's what I can guarantee right now. Put it on mic. I will see it eight more times in theaters. <laughs> as soon as I get, I know it's corny, but as soon as I, my heart starts beating, I go, oh, the world is so mad. The magic is possible. There's this whole, it's amazing. That movie blew my mind when I saw it. And if it happens again, I'm going mm-hmm. eight more times, baby. Watch out. I will say, and I will, I will fully admit, the use of 3D in that movie is probably the best use of 3D compared to like all the other movies they tried to release in 3D. Yeah. The man enters into another world essentially, and that yeah. is what you're trying to get. So there he's literally the avatar for the audience. It's a brilliant conceit. Yeah. Here's my question. Is Avatar more successful if it does the George Lucasing? Star Wars fixed the special effects. I know that you're a Star Wars guy. I'm not. I'm do not geek out on Star Wars right now. Don't rant. But yeah. it's a genuine, genuine question. I know we're talking about summer movies. We're also talking about yeah. what where movie theaters right now. Does Avatar, and then we'll move on from Avatar. This is a lot of Avatar talk. Does it do better if they do that? I my gut says it would be better for the sequels if people didn't see. Hey, this hasn't aged as well as it did, but it also right. could get people pissed off. And you ruined the original. Now, why am I seeing your sequel? I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, no, it it would be. In- yeah, I think if they, yeah, if they release like an updated, you know, they cleaned up all the visual effects to modernize it as best as they could. It could make an impact as far as people saying, "Wow, this looks really amazing," and then they see the sequel, it's like, "Oh my goodness!" Like this looks totally like you know, mind-blowing right. and everything like that. But it could also, depending on how they do it, if they did it, it could also possibly hurt the movie too. You know, like when George Lucas decided to go back with all the, the original Star Wars movies and added all these things and, you know, change up all the visual effects, that pissed off a lot of people, right? And it was like, wait a minute, this is not the Star, the Star Wars I remember growing up with. And I remember yeah. when they did something very similar to E.T., when I think it was for the 25th anniversary you know, E.T. was a puppet. It was like this animatronic puppet throughout the whole movie. They actually replaced it with a CG version of E.T. And that, that just looked funny. bizarre. Yeah, for me, that's that just looked funny. really bizarre. So it depends, right? It depends on how they handle it. But 
but yeah they, so they colorized gone with the wind and my mom was pissed off in that theater. oh she was I like oh imagine. i got to see the red dress but like you you took the original and why'd you um i what's funny is on avatar i think they're going the opposite way the general theme from people seeing the trailers has been they didn't update the technology in the sequels as much as they should have because it looks like the best CGI from when Avatar was released. Because it is weird in Star Wars when you go, that's what they look like yeah. then. And then a year later in their time, but in our time, 30 years later, the technology was better or whatever. 30 years before the technology was better and cleaner looking. That's yeah. silly. Whatever, we're not getting further into this, but no. <laughs> I'm curious how that goes. I, that, that'll be exciting for our end of the year convo. For no, sure. for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then again, it, it will just I think overall, it would be interesting to see just uh, the type of impact Avatar will have after so many years of not having any follow up to the original, you know, like, sure. is it too long of a wait for something like this? Or does the power of James Cameron just have it so that anything James Cameron touches is like box office gold? So does he have that sure. power? Tom Cruise, the freaking cruise missile, shout out Adam Sandler and Hustle, the cruise missile, Tom Cruise just proved you can do a sequel that long later. Avatar has been like less than half that. So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited for the, the future of movies now. Happy National Cinema Day, everybody. <laughs> but then again, it is Tom Cruise. I mean, how can you how can you not expect anything that he does to yeah. pull in such a big eyes to it and everything you know i've heard it's, the same thing about james cameron heard the same true people would go very oh, true be that good and it ends up breaking the records very very mm -hmm. true yeah hey guys i hope you're enjoying this episode so far but before we continue i wanted to quickly talk about bulletproof coffee bulletproof coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with why because it's clean coffee what does that mean well one there are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, it also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach, makes me a little burpy, and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up, uh, which is something that I need for my coffee every day. Bulletproof also offers a lot of keto-friendly snacks and supplements, anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs, add to your diet, and make you, and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh, every day. So uh, for a limited time, if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now, LOWKEYGEEK, all caps, one word, you can get 15% off your order. So what what is it better than that, right? Check out the link in the description of this episode. Use this code, get yourself your discount, and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with Bulletproof Coffee. Now, back to the episode. So, with everything that came out during the summer, obviously, Blake and I, we have our favorites. We have movies that eh, didn't really, like, you know, we wondered why we went to watch them in the first place. But... I, th I think it'll be good to kind of recap as we're doing this recap. What were some of the movies that we actually really enjoyed this summer? Uh, what movies we didn't like and what movies that we weren't able to see, but we still want to check out. 
you know, when we have uh, the chance. Because the next couple of months looks a little light as far as movies are concerned. And we'll have some time to hopefully catch up on things. So uh, first, I, I guess, you know, let's throw it to you, Blake. So out yeah. of all the movies that came out this summer, what would you what would you say would be your top five? I'm going, you want me to go five, four, three, two, one? Sure, yeah. Okay, I'm going to just run through my list. We're not swapping. I, I like that. I think that's better. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is tough. I already know what some of yours are going to be just because I know you so dang well. Um, I am controversially leaving Top Gun Maverick off of mine because one, <laughs> I know it's on your list. I'm sure of it. Spoiler alert. Two, it gets so much love. It won the damn box office. It's like they say, why do we got to give Oscars to the superhero movies? They get the rewards at the box office. So I'm leaving mine off, even though it probably makes the list as far as best movie experience. So instead, on the five spot, I'm giving it to a more underdog type of, I think it was a Hulu movie, Fire Island. Um, oh, okay. I really enjoyed Fire Island quite a bit. Um, the... It was a take on a Jane Austen story. And basically, it's um, the the two leads are um, of, of Asian descent. And I, and also as someone who identifies as queer, having a movie after the last couple years where it's a queer movie um, and it's set on Fire Island, if you're from New York or know anything about gay culture, you know what it is. And basically, they're just like it's a it's essentially a rom com, and but they did their own take on it um, in 2022 lens. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that one. Um, it was a nice uh, home. It was a good one for streaming. I didn't feel like I needed this. I missed out by not seeing it in theaters. Um, my buddy actually saw it on Fire Island, like the premiere weekend it came out. Some big watch party it was like a whole thing. Um, I'm jealous. That would have been fun, but wow, you can watch yeah. it at home. And it and it holds up um, for sure. So I'm recommending that one to everyone, and that's why it's on the five spot. Lovely time with it. Nice. Number four, another streamer. Which it's weird that we're talking about summer movies. We're talking about two streamers on this list. I know. Already. Yeah. Hustle. Adam Sandler. We talked about this one. I think we did. Um, I don't remember what the episode was called, but um, it was. We're talking about state of the movies, and and uh, oh, we're talking about Netflix movies. Netflix. And yeah. What our favorite ones have been this year, and Hustle. We already geeked out on it. I'm not going to do it here had an awesome time basketball movie adam sandler movie drama underdog story sports movie i the amount of cameos it was i i got into it it felt like rocky at times where i'm just like come on you got this i believe in you like the drama was real and i thought it yeah. would be corny it way overlived my expect uh, um over it, it exceeded my expectations three spot i'm going with men mainly it, it was a weird time at the movies. It's not going to be for everybody. But what I like about movies, um, it was a weird, very deep story, um, very well told. It did the, and I'm not a horror movie guy, but it did that thing. It did social commentary, and it was like um, more like Annihilation, another Alex Garland movie, um, where it's doing a statement about something bigger than just the events on the screen, right. and it's doing things. On, which I'm not going to do any spoilers here, but on the screen there are things happening that aren't actually happening, but they're kind of happening, but it's like getting at a deeper message or meaning. And I, it was a thinker to where afterward I was like, what did, what was that really, really about? 
loved that one. I love a movie that has legs on the concept behind it. Um, two spot Elvis. Nice. Hell of a time we did our whole Elvis episode. We did a, a we talked about men. Check that one out. We talked about Elvis. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. I was primed to love this movie. I love Baz Luhrmann. Um, Elvis, you know, we will give him his knocks where they're due. But as far as just a movie cinematic experience, the Tom Hanks of it all was kind of weird, but it worked. I'm also like I Tom Hanks fan growing up. I'm from that correct era to like appreciate a weird Tom Hanks performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the dude who played Elvis, uh, I'm I was so hard for me to not dance in the theater while it was happening. Yeah. Loved awesome time, and that's kind of more what I think of of all those first three I mentioned. They're not like summer blockbuster kind of movies. This is exactly what I want. Essentially, a musical, a spectacle of spectacle. I can't say more about that movie that we haven't already said in our episode. So check that one out. If you haven't seen it yet, watch it and then check out our episode on it. Number one, I'm going here on all of what I'm looking for in a movie. What cat? What hits all the categories, the checklist of cinematography, directing, acting, the story it's telling, everything that you can ask for from a movie, this movie hit at almost a hundred on like mm-hmm. just home runs on each of those categories. Some people it's kind of polarizing. I'm talking about the movie. Nope. Some people said, didn't feel it. Jordan Peele's overrated. It was more like us. And it was another, and then other people like me said that was his best movie yet. And I'm not talking like, I know get out's going to probably be the most important thing he puts out culturally, maybe ever. Mm-hmm which is saying a lot from the dude who made Key and Peele, um, right. one of the most right. shared YouTube uh, sketch shows of all uh, sketch shows of all time, like through YouTube clips, like, yo, did you see this one? People quoting at me. Uh, my first name is Blake, or I go by Blake, and you, you called me Balake for years Balake. because yeah. of Key and Peele. <laughs> the legacy lives on. But mm-hmm. so while Get Out might be his most important movie, to me, Nope was his best movie based on the categories of how we judge movies and the quality of movie it is absolutely stunning beautiful breathtaking and as it's aged as we hit the twilight of summer and now we're past labor day and i'm gonna miss it oh yeah nope it's something that will all always have is that number one spot as far as like that was a special high caliber movie yeah that's my no. top five great list great list i mean you really can't go. I, I I was surprised that you included two streamer movies on there, um, I know, but but those are those are really good picks. I mean, yeah, like in our Netflix episode, what we talked about, you know, the state of the Netflix movies or what have you, like that. Hustle was like by far the best movie that Netflix put out recently, you know, this year. Um, so that was really really good. A uh, Fire Island, I've been dying to see, so that that's been in my queue for a bit. So I definitely want to check that out, but. Yeah, the rest of your list, in some shape or form, it's in one of my lists, or it's part of uh, my list, you know. So, you know, like when it comes to summer movies, it's like it's just a good chance to see what can a lot of movie studios do uh, or put out there that is entertaining, mind blowing, what have you, all the gamut, right? And that's why for a lot of years, it's always been. Um, populated with your comic book movies, your science fiction movies, your fantasy movies, you know, yep. and it's rare to have something that's not within those genres 
stand out during the summertime, you know, like your Fast and the Furiouses and all that stuff like that. So to have movies like Elvis or Nope, you know, in, in that list, men out of all movies, you know, like that's not your typical summer movie uh, favorite from from a summer release. But again, with the type of summer we had too, there weren't a lot of selection and choices. So it, it leads to more of these other movies to be able to get the spotlight and the shine that maybe they may not have been able to get during the pre-pandemic times and all that. So, um, but then again, you and I, we're very particular when it comes to our movies too. And some things will gel and ring more than others, right? So um, no, great list there. So as for me, um, going starting at number five, I will say that it's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And this is the only comic book related movie that I have on my list. And we've had, I believe, two comic book movie releases that came out this summer. And this is the only one that kind of sneaked in there. Um, and the reason why it snuck in there is because, you know, there was a lot of anticipation for this movie, um, especially if you're fans of WandaVision or what have you. And <clears throat> especially also because of Spider-Man and how the multiverse kind of opened things up and how that was going to affect the universe within the Marvel Universe. And it was OK. Like, it wasn't terrible. I know this was definitely not one of your favorites um, as we'll far see. as like <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah. So, you know, but for me, it like it had enough that it entertained me. You know, I liked the little I liked Sam Raimi and kind of seeing Sam Raimi's like way of directing back in a movie again. Um, the introduction of like new characters, seeing WandaVision again. I mean, Wanda, you know, the interaction with her and Doctor Strange and, and just, you know, the introduction to the multiverse, more, more, you know, uh, insight into that. Um, so it was, you know, entertaining. It was it like the best Marvel movie I've seen recently. No, but it was good enough that it it just you know snuck in there in my top five. So that's definitely one of them. Uh, number four, Elvis. You know, I loved Elvis. Elvis is a great movie. I you know, we, like it's when we talked about it during our our episode. Um, I think it was one of those movies that it surprised me how much I enjoyed that movie and. You know, and it's mainly because of the acting um, and and seeing Austin Butler portray Elvis in that role. I mean, he embodied Elvis, the persona, the the way that he dances, the way that he kind of carries himself. Um, it was just really, really well done. And Baz Luhrmann has that style, the outlandish kind of um, style that leads to a great telling of that type of personality and that type of character. Um, you know, granted, yes, I agree. Tom Hanks' portrayal was a little, little weird, um, <laughs> but you know, I think it just it played well enough within the type of story that Baz was trying to tell. Okay. You know, so um, I enjoyed it quite thoroughly. Number three is Nope. Uh, nope, I I love this movie. Um, I do think it is probably number two on the Jordan Peele list of movies that he's he's made so far. Um, like you said, it's kind of hard to kind of um, ignore the significance that Get Out made in um, cinema. As far as like social commentary and, and the play with the horror thriller genre. But Nope kind of 
this is his blockbuster attempt, right? This is his way to kind of hone in on his Spielbergisms, um, because there's a lot of comparisons to Close Encounters, uh, Jaws, um, maybe a little bit of like M Night Shyamalan as well. Like Signs is is very heavily in influenced, you could tell, um, on this type of movie. Um, but it was just really fascinating and kind of being uh, put into this um, kind of world where it's a different take on the whole UFO genre and the whole alien kind of abduction, what have you, and all that, with still there being enough of a hidden meaning and story and little little tidbits that Jordan Peele wanted to say about Hollywood in general or the 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 attitude towards certain people within the industry or the treatment of certain individuals in the industry. So I thought it was very, very well done. And again, as for you and I, who are both cinema heads, um, yeah. this was something that really spoke to us big time, you know? So number I'm, two... I'm curious oh, on that yeah. one. Sorry, I'm interrupting. No, 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 go for it. I'm curious on that one. I thought I didn't share, but uh, before was award season. We know Hollywood, hmm? Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. And right. it was a question of like, will what will and will, won't get love? I'm curious on that one if that will help put it over the edge. Where if it might be more meant for cinephile types and less yeah. so for other people. So, I'm, yeah, I don't know. We might be biased on that one, but uh, I like your three spot, even though it should be a one. <laughs> well, we'll I have my reasons, goes. and you'll you'll see where it goes. <laughs> um, but uh, my number two, and during our A24 extravaganza i couldn't help but gush over this movie and that's marcel the shell with shoes on um in my own review of this movie i called it the this is the uh most heartwarming and feel-good movie of the summer and quite possibly of the year um i just loved the character of marcel and how he approaches life and his point of view of life and the simplicities of everything the innocence um, just being able to kind of be whisked away and turn your mind off of the old the negativity around the world right now and everything and just have like a nice heartwarming story in front of you and and just hearing this one individual or shell, um, however you want to call it, how they perceive what's the most important thing in life, uh, whether it be family, community connection all that kind of stuff like that it was just really good it's disappointing to see how badly it did overall at the box office i believe it only pulled yeah. in seven million dollars um which is heartbreaking for me um but again it's just one of those movies that it's it's hard to expect a, a broader audience to go out there and watch and fall in love with especially when and i keep saying this all the time when the main character looks very awkward and weird, right? So it, it is very, very hard uh, for a movie like that. But that being said, my number one movie, and I keep saying this over and over and over again, if you've been watching and following us and listening to us since last year, it was my most anticipated movie of the DC year. The League of Super Pets. Close. That was a so, very... Okay, sorry. Yeah, Oof. that was a very, very close okay. choice. That was a, okay. Yeah, very, very close choice. No, it was indeed, in fact, Bullet Train. No, I'm just uh, kidding. No. <laughs> it's Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick blew my socks off. So much so that I saw it three. No, I saw it four times in the theater. 
Um, I just, I couldn't wow. get enough of this movie. Yeah, it harkened back to 80s movies, goodness. You know, bringing back a character that we haven't seen in so long, what, over 30 years, maybe? And, you know, when it comes to sequels, especially like what we talked about before, about the longevity or the amount of time in between sequels, it's always a tough thing, right? Like, you never know how you're going to react to it or whatever the case is. They did everything right in this movie. You know, they kept a lot of the things that made us love the original movie, but improved on a lot of things that we thought was corny about the original movie or that wouldn't fly, no pun intended, today. <laughs> hey, okay. I'm, on a, I'm on a roll today, huh? Um, but yeah, they improved. They gave us a story, a story that we could actually really follow and understand. Um, some questioned the little romance in there. I actually preferred it than the romance we got in the original movie because at yeah, least there was like a history. Yeah, there was like a history there, a nice connection, you know. It wasn't just like a random out of left field thing or whatever the case have you. Um, but there was a beginning, middle, end that really flowed well. And even though the end of the movie kind of has like a two part um, part of it, you know, and I know a lot of people kind of kind of criticized it. I thought it fit very well to kind of tie things that happened in the original movie to this movie to kind of bring it full circle and all there. So I really enjoyed this movie. I can't talk enough about it. Um, and yeah, that was the movie that screamed blockbuster summer movie to me. And it really worked. And it, obviously it worked for a lot of people because um, highest grossing movie of the summer as a whole. You, I've heard of families going to see it, different generations watching it. You know, one thing Elvis did really well was that it brought an older generation back to the theaters that they they weren't able to go and see uh, lately uh, in in recent years. So this kind of played on that as well and was able to bring in a lot of different people back to movie theaters and really enjoy it overall. So so, yeah, uh, Top Gun Maverick. Still, if you haven't seen it, you should go out there and watch it because um, it will definitely um, blow your mind if you're into those type of movies. And if you were even like a semi fan of the original movie, I think it would do really well. So, so yeah, so that is our top five list. Now, obviously, there are other movies that we saw that didn't make our top five, but that doesn't mean that we didn't enjoy them equally. I'll start off by saying that one of them was Men, whom that made your top list. I also enjoyed Man quite a bit because it it was definitely one of those, you know, thinking thriller type of movies um, that had a lot of like hidden messages and you had to pay attention. And of course, everyone's going to get their own take on um, what the messages were. But I also really loved the cinematography and the way that the movie was really put together. So I really enjoyed that quite a bit. And the other one on my honorable mention would be 3000 Years of Longing which is um, a movie that came out later in the summer. Um, and it was, um, you know, a movie that I wasn't sure what to expect from this movie, but I really appreciated it for the different take on the whole genie in a bottle storyline. You know, something that was really different and kind of hit closer to home as far as what does someone do um, when it comes to a situation where you could wish for something? What is your most 
heart's desire when it comes to those wishes, right? And it's not so clean cut and easy as far as like, well, I want to be rich or I want to have, you know, I want to have long lasting love and everything like that. Of course, those are nice things to have. But what are those things that can be attainable in a way that won't affect people around you in a negative sense, right? So you start asking yourself all these questions like, oh, wait, but if I do that, then people are going to come after me for my money. Or, you know, what if this person that I love, you know, never really loved me to begin with and da, 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 this and that. So it, it just, it asked all the questions that sometimes you wouldn't ask. Um, and I just love how the ending kind of changed the perception of these genie movies or these like genie in a bottle type of movies where it was an ending that I was not expecting uh, with that type of end result there. So, so yeah, so those are my honorable mentions there. Blake, what are some of yours? Yeah, so um, I'll get to 3,000 years when I, when I talk about my, my watch list, when we kind of say what, we're, what we want to watch for the future mm -hmm. and make some recommendations um, that people might be able to take away from that if they missed it too. Yeah. Um, back to Top Gun. I agree about the Jennifer. Uh, that's my first honorable mention, of course. I already said it, it probably is <laughs> in my top five. I only go based on quality and not like show and shine to some of the uh, other movies that, that uh, um, Top Gun surpassed in the box office by probably about a hundred times a hundred. Um, I agree that the Jennifer Connelly romance is sweet. Penny Benjamin, lovely to see. It's a little <laughs> weird that she was the Admiral's <laughs> daughter in the first one, but there's like a 30 year timeline and no, we don't know how old she is. So uh, is that, I don't know. Um, but uh, that aside, I agree. I actually thought it was better than the original and yeah. it, it makes sense. It was the number one box office. I know that you have a clip of me somewhere saying that it'll be a big disappointment <laughs> because when anything's that overhyped, it flops and people are pissed right. off about it which I'll get to some of that with my hall of shame from summer 2022. Mm. But when you meet that expectation, it's that high. You are soaring, baby. Hey! The rest of my honorable mentions, I'm not going to geek out on these too much. Uh, Bullet Train, it's right there with my top five. Could have been on it. I just kind of made a gut decision. Uh, not everybody's cup of tea. I loved it. If you're a Guy Ritchie movie fan, Brad Pitt fan, stylized action comedy kind of thing, it didn't yeah. work in every way that it should have for it to be a great big success, in my opinion. But did I have fun watching it? Did I really enjoy myself? Hell yeah. So that's an honorable mention for sure. I'm throwing Marcel the Shell with shoes on. You saying seven million, that sounded lower than I even thought it would be. Yeah. I remember early when we were doing our predictions um for the year, or or we were doing some kind of like looking ahead of what we were excited about when we did Q2, mm -hmm. or something like that. You were talking about like you you'd seen it and we're hoping that that would become a like a family favorite. Yeah. Like that yeah. could be a movie that word of mouth, people start taking their kids. The everyone at the pre-K class or the elementary school class, parent teacher and I, they're like, you should see that movie. You didn't see that movie. It was so good. It could have been that. It could have been a few hundred million. It yeah. could have been everything everywhere all at once where it's A20, set in A24 records. And for whatever reason, A24 <laughs> is really good at the marketing, at the at the Oscars campaigns. Yeah, This feels like a flop, not through the fault of the movie, but more... Word of mouth didn't happen, and why is that? I don't know, but 
I put it on this list. It might also be a top five or at least a contender, but my expectations were a little too high for that one um, because it had such a special place in my heart before I saw the movie. And the movie wasn't what I expected. So it's going on the honorable mentions list, though. But I loved it. It was it was sweet for sure. Deserves it. Yeah. Um, I'm also throwing one. I'm curious if this will be on your Hall of Shame now. We might be flipping Marvel movies. But Thor, Love and Thunder. I loved Ragnarok so much. I love Taika Waititi. Um, this one doesn't hold up to that standard. And a lot of people mm-hmm. were real miffed. I love Christian Bale in it. Um, I loved basically overall it's all I want from a Thor movie and it's about a thousand times better than the second one. Um, I, I, you can't, I, I was very pleased. And once I heard people were like, you might not like it, I went in and loved it. So that might be an expectations game as well, yeah. but overall laughed a lot, entertained as hell, awesome action. It was dumb and it wasn't as good as Ragnarok. It's not close, but it was so good. It's an honorable mention for sure. Um, other ones, I'm going to throw this on there, Crimes of the Future, and I might get sick talking about it because, as we mentioned when we talked about in our men episode, I talked about this movie at the end, it's a hard thing to watch. It's hard to stomach. If you're cool with body horror, this might be the best movie you've ever seen. Uh, it was a stomach turner for me. But quality of film, David Cronenberg, uh, been doing it for quite a while, and also a high-quality movie that I happened to not enjoy the experience of watching <laughs> was able to respect the artistry of it, the directing, the acting, Viggo Mortensen, um, uh, Leah Seydoux, and um, one name that's escaping me right now, damn it. But anyway, overall, um, qual- high-quality movie, if, if it's your bag. Last one, I'm going to throw it on there, is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I okay. really enjoyed it. Um, it looked like it might just be a dumb piece of crap. When I first saw the trailer, that's kind of my thought was like, okay, this is gonna be like a bad screen, like a knockoff of a summer horror. I I ended up thinking it was awesome. I had a great, maybe it's an expectations game thing. Maybe I went in thinking it was a piece of crap. If you're going into it, don't take it to be an honorable mission. It's like, oh, it's going to be amazing. It was really, really good. I loved it. I thought that there were some really high quality actors in this one. Pete Davidson aside, he's cool in his own weird, always doing his Pete Davidson thing uh, type of way. The, there's something to it, which I won't even say, because I know you haven't seen it. I'm sure some of our yeah. audience hasn't. But there was something about it towards the end where it captured, okay, this is actually a winner, in my opinion. Mm. It went from schlocky, dumb, horror, oh my God, there's another dead body in the basement, to, okay, this is actually... It's one level deeper than that, in my opinion. And overall, uh, I laughed multiple times. I got into it. There's like this these young kids stuck in a house, uh, having a hurricane party, playing the games, bodies, the game, bodies, bodies, bodies. And then somebody dies, and then chaos ensues. Another spot, somebody dies. They're all trying to figure out who it is. Um, flashlights on, power goes out. That whole thing. What you would expect. Right. But as far as quality of movie. Uh, and it was an A24 movie, which when I once I realized that, I was like, okay, there might be something more to it than just dumb piece of crap. And I honestly think it held it down for what you could want from something like that. And as far as that genre, it's going to be one of my favorites, I feel like, in the long run. And as time has passed, in the movie, there are times I'm going like, okay, this is kind of corny. That's kind of cute. That's kind of funny. It's not really my genre. Uh, but 
as time has passed, I've actually thought of it as like, that's actually might be a great movie. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but that's why it's an honorable mention right now. And it, it, there's a, a version where we do this a year, two years from now, and it is a top five. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, that's the end of my, uh, my honorable mentions. And if you haven't seen those, if anyone like fully disagrees with those or you want to go see him or have anything to add, definitely want to hear it in the comments. Or if you say that's the dumbest yeah. piece of crap, I, Renee, your top five list was absolute trash. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> say that right now. We'll get the, the comments war going. Um, Let us Strange know. Love should be nowhere on there. Hey, everybody. Are you a fan of collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, and all that stuff like that? Do me a favor and visit entertainmentearth.com and you won't be sorry. Entertainment Earth is the premier place online for the latest and greatest toys, the most exciting action figures, and the coolest gifts and collectibles pop culture has to offer. From television, movies, sports, celebrities, comics, internet memes, and every fandom in between, they drop new products daily and curate their selection so that you don't miss out. Whether you're looking for something stellar from a galaxy far, far away with Star Wars, or from the streets of Gotham City with DC Comics, they've got surprises for everyone. Get access to exclusive releases and limited run pre-ordered. You can even reserve hard-to-find items before they arrive. From Funko to Hasbro, all your favorite vendors are represented in their robust catalog of cool collectibles. Take advantage of their unparalleled industry expertise and make your collection as worthy as Marvel's Thor. They are pleased to offer risk-free shopping with their industry-leading mint condition guarantee and hassle-free 90-day returns. Find that grail you're seeking for yourself or someone you love. And because I know how special they are and how they're going to be great for a lot of you out there, I worked a special deal with them that if you check out the link featured in the description of this episode, you will get 10% off plus free shipping over orders of $40 or more. I mean, that is fantastic, don't you think? Now, the 10% discount is only good for uh, in-stock merchandise, so it doesn't work for any pre-orders, but if you take a look at their site, there's going to be a lot of stuff they have in stock that you are probably want to get. So again, visit that special link in the description of this episode to take advantage of this awesome 10% offer plus free shipping and buy yourself or a loved one something really cool. Entertainment Earth, so many toys, so much fun. Yeah, but I know we're about to get in the Hall of Shame, which is where controversy might strike. So I'll save it for. Oh, that. I, I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this because there were a good amount. Well, I wouldn't say good amount, but there were some obvious bad movies that stood out, at least for for you and I, right? Like in one movie, especially in particular. And, but yes, before we go into that. Please, with everything that we mentioned so far, would love to hear what your thoughts are. Like, what were some of your favorite movies from the summer? Um, you know, let us know in the comments. You was anything that we mentioned on the list included in that? Was there something that maybe we should have reconsidered and included it in our top five? Interested to hear what all of you think out there. But as far as disappointments and the Hall of Shame is concerned, I think... There's one movie I think we both agree on oh, that we is. could talk about it, Three, and that two, two, one, 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 Jurassic, Jurassic World, World Dominion, Dominion Park, forever. Park in never, the a hole. Yeah. Oh my God, was this movie painful? Um, 
Oh, it's more of a stomach turner than than the uh, Crimes of the Future, the body horror movie. <laughs> I was sick to my stomach, and it wasn't the popcorn that I definitely bought for that popcorn movie. No, definitely not. I mean, here's the deal with this movie. The fact that it got our hopes up because yep. we were going to now see the original like trilogy of guys uh, and what you know the the crew, the original crew from the original Jurassic Park movie into this new iteration of this universe that they're in now, interacting with the new crew and just bringing back like the old flavor and that style that the original movie really um, brought home, right? However, they I think this movie tried too hard to harken back on the original movie. Um, but the main disappointment thing was it kind of took focus a lot away from the damn dinosaurs. I mean, how can you have a movie about dinosaurs yeah. and not really talk about the dinosaurs? Instead, you're talking about freaking locust bugs and eating crops and how this one guy just wants to dominate the world because, hey, I want people to you know buy our crops and our seeds and da-da-da-da-da, this and that. Like, I was so taken back by that. Now, I will say, though, the times that we did see the original crew on screen, I enjoyed. It was just nice seeing them interact again with each other. You know, the... All of a sudden, rebutting of the romance between um, uh, Dr. Sattler and um, what's his face? Uh, the other guy. It was nice to see that, you know, kind of rejuvenated, um, even though it felt kind of rushed and pushed. Um, but the chemistry that they had with the newer crew just didn't really work that great, in my opinion. Um, and this movie just turned into an almost three hour long kind of hybrid of Jurassic Park slash world, Fast and Furious, all that kind of stuff like that. Like, everyone is just like a superhuman being. Like, like no one really dies. No one really gets hurt. Um, everyone's racing through There's the streets. Science. <laughs> there's science for the dinosaurs to like oh we're combining different dinosaurs there's not that for like oh we put vin diesel into right laura dern all of a sudden what where's that site like i need a little bit more what the fuck just happened yeah it was yeah it it did feel like it was really all over the place and definitely way too long lo way way longer than it should have been um and it it was dis it was disappointing. It was unfortunate because it would have been nice just to see them recapture a little bit of that same magic that the original movie had. It's it, at this point, it looks like it's impossible to do that. And it looks like no matter what iteration of Jurassic World Park universe, whatever the case is, they'll they'll never be able to capture that same magic and and lightning in a bottle that the original movie had. But at least get somewhat close to that instead of giving us a lot of this like nonsense. And so, believe it or not, I rewatched this movie over the weekend. Um, I did say I didn't really watch any movies, but this what? is one movie I did rewatch. And I kind of wanted to save it for this moment. Because on Peacock, you can watch the extended cut version of it. And I wanted to see if that extended cut would maybe change my feeling of the movie as a whole. You watched a longer version. Yes, I did. 
I, I was looking to like punish myself. Yeah, yeah. I was in. in I was a weird state of mind. You need help, and Steven Spielberg has you in there. But you gotta watch <laughs> that again until you change your mind. What is happening? He okay, climbed into however. my window and kind of you know oh taped gosh. me to the couch. And no, so honestly, it wasn't the things that they added and they extended on made a lot of the story bits a little bit more palatable. Okay. You get a more connection with the characters. That budding romance I talked about made a little bit more sense and not like so sudden. Hmm. But it didn't do anything too much to the overall storyline. Now, you did get to see a little bit more dinosaurs, which is good. But still, I think you know, when you try to take Windex and shine a, a turd, it's still going to be a shiny turd, right? So it's yeah. it's a shiny turd. Um, but the one thing that I was reminded of when I saw it over the weekend is how the dinosaurs really are now like like Rocky and Drago in Rocky in Rocky Four. How there's like that real okay. I'm the T-Rex. And, oh, you're the enemy and I'm going to kill you. And they have this big wow. battle at the end. And then, huh. you know, the T-Rex looks like he's knocked out. And, and then he's like, no, I'm not. I'm back and I'm going to kill you. And it just becomes like this big like Godzilla Kong versus thing. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Huh. Yeah. I, yeah. And I don't know if you remember that from the from the from when you saw it. But that was something that was just there the whole time. And I'm just like, oh my god, yeah, this is this is terrible. But uh, yeah, what what? How bad was it for you? The the original, <laughs> the, the the you know, Dominion. Yo, that okay. So we're going Hall of Shame, um, yeah, and then and then we'll do watch list. My Hall of Shame, that is the first one I thought of. Of course, we said at the same time. Yeah, I can't go on further about it because like it is depressing that they take. I'm like seven years old, peak dinosaur age as a young oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. When the original comes out, and now I'm in my 30s, and this thing has aged like dinosaur dung. It was really sad and hard to. Now, I will be honest. I'm we're crapping on it because that's one big pile so, of shit. Is a, yeah, that's a, thank you. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm, I was trying to pull it. You got it. <laughs> Ten points. The it, it it was mainly an expectations problem of why it's this bad. Why we would just roast it. Overall, there's moments of it. Jeff Goldblum doing a few cool things. Sure. There was one. Um, I I don't remember the actor's name, but of the um, uh. Uh, there's a new cast member that I think they're introduced here unless they just had like a cameo before. Um, but the, it was the bad guy's second. Uh, I think that the actor's name is Mamadou Afi. Um, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That I thought that character was awesome. The, the locust thingies, those were a terrible, terrible choice for a bad guy. Politically, it was kind of interesting. Like, Oh, they're getting at the Monsanto problem. And also, which, sorry, Monsanto, if you want to sponsor us, we would love to take your money. <laughs> weird things with it. Uh, I, I could use some of that. But the um, 
No, the, visually it was terrible and weird, but the like the freaky, it kind of reminded me of, I think it's the second one, where there's all the little tiny dinosaurs that crawl in the little girl. Yeah. Like, there's something weird and gross about that. Like, visually, they were freaky as heck looking, but it is a terrible choice for a bad guy. Like, Laura Dern, I could put her poster on my wall right oh, now. Oh, for sure. She can do no wrong. She's an yeah. icon, always and forever. Um... At, overall, it was a terrible movie because of a few things about it. There were a few things about it that I actually was entertained by. Yeah. And when you're looking for a summer blockbuster movie, there's ones where you're looking for Top Gun Maverick and you're pounding your chest and pumping your fist at the end of it. Those movies, we have those, and we, they're on our top list. For my Hall of Shame, I'm going to call these air conditioning movies. This is, <laughs> it's 96 Degrees. Your AC goes out, and goodness knows, every New Yorker might know about this problem. Yeah. Uh, my family would literally do it. Just like, oh, we've been outside all day. We're mowing the lawn, playing baseball. Let's go to the movies and cool off, everybody. It's, right, uh, how right. much is it back then? It wasn't $25. Um, it's hard to convince people, hey, here's a piece of crap, but you get AC. Will you pay 25 I wouldn't pay 25 bucks on rent for AC. Right. So prices now make it the AC movie concept harder but I don't think I think Jurassic Park as just an air conditioning experience is more fun than staring at my air conditioner, which is just a window unit. It's not that entertaining. It's got a little screen, not much to it. Right. Same with Jurassic Park. Just like, okay, you made a thing for me. Thanks. I'll watch this. If you're trying to get out of the heat, you can go see Jurassic Park. It's not that freaking bad. <clears throat> the one yeah, was on your top five list. Wait, Sorry, before you continue that, like what yeah. you just described. For any people, for any of you out there who go to like the Disney parks, that's what I call it's a small world. When I needed a break uh, yeah. from the heat, I would just go to yeah. it's a small world and I'll just chill there like the whole time. So that's basically what you just described. And yeah, it makes sense. Um, it's such a it's it's a, it's a Jurassic World Dominion time. In time. Off with my family. <laughs> the. It, uh, that's that is damning. You don't want to have your movie be just an air conditioning experience. But yeah. if you can't agree and the family's going to the movie, it's one of those, right? Like you could do you could do worse. You can do way better for movies, but you oh, could yeah. do worse for just like, you know. Um, if I had to choose between falling into a manhole cover or hanging out at the library and staring out the window for AC, I don't know. Like you, the, you know, there's worse things that have happened to me, but we are making a bigger <laughs> deal because of the expectations. Right, right. Um, the other, my other Hall of Shame choice, which I'm not a hater. I overrate my movies. I always think they're better than they are because I'm just grateful mm -hmm. that someone made this and I love movies so much. My second one was in your top five. It's Doctor Strange and how I learned to stop worrying. And oh my God, how did this movie not bomb? I was so disappointed in it. Again, I'm a half glass half full dude, especially when it comes to cinema. There are some things about this where it was entertaining. Seeing Wanda was lovely. They did a cool thing where it's dead, Doctor Strange, and that was kind of cool to see. Um, there's some. There's a moment that I was excited about, and I feel like was fine, except what the expectations were is that we were going to have this. The council, I forgot what they're called, the Illuminati was going to be Illuminati, yeah. Among all the great Avenger, uh, Marvel movie moments of all time, this would be up there with like, yeah, everyone's just like freaking out in the audience. Like, and instead, it was just 
over before it started. <clears throat> Sad, crappy, not good. Um, I thought this movie was a flop. And now, sadly, people used to ask, what's your favorite Marvel movies? And it was like Black Panther, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Ragnarok. That's my type. This one is the sequel, and I was really bothered by it. It's not just expectations, though, because Ragnarok had my expectations through the roof, and Love and Thunder still makes my honorable mentions list here. But no, this one was so far the other way, just in my opinion and what I wanted from it. If you really appreciate the Sam Raimi of it all, and if you know what that reference means and you have experience enjoying his movies, you'll probably actually like this one. I think that's more why it makes your you know number five not you know yeah. it's not high on the top five list but um not a great summer movie year so that makes sense as a top five spot if you like sam raimi movies and are down for that for me it was just such a different change in tone from the first one that i did not go along with it so that is why it is in my hall of shame yeah no i i get it you know and i think during our review of it i said if, yeah, I said exactly what you said. If you're a Sam Raimi guy, if you love his movies, then this movie is made for you. You know, um, and I think, you know, that being said, I do admit that there are parts of the movie that were extremely disappointing and I couldn't understand. You know, kind of like how they turned Doctor Strange into this like more aggressive superhero, which is something that he never really was to begin with. Right. He was always the guy in the background that would help out and support um and now you know he's jumping off of balconies to like run towards the the scene of the the action and all that you know that was a little like stuff that took me away from it um but you know i i appreciate it for what they're trying to do and i think the main reason why it was not a bomb is because it was right off of the the coattails of no way home the fact that he was yeah. such a big part of that i think people yeah. wanted to see a continuation of that storyline yeah. right but this wasn't that movie though and i'm sure it did uh, probably upset a lot of people when they found that out um but to go along with that just like how your hall of shame included something that was on my list my hall of shame includes something that was on your list and that was thor love and thunder because um for me thor love and thunder was a huge disappointment huge huge disappointment no. that's fine call me wrong call me what have you but i look i love taika waititi i i love his movies i love his sense of humor and in a marvel movie what he did with ragnarok i thought was a perfect blend of the marvel type of movie with his style and sense of humor i thought there was a good balance here it was all taika like the whole movie was really all taika and i think as someone going to a movie like this I was not expecting that. And I don't think I would look for something that is an all Taika humor based movie, especially with the way that they're treating Thor now. I think Thor is kind of like the the funny guy in the Marvel Universe. Like he's kind of like the, yeah. the arrogant joke guy, you know, like always with his little quirks and all that kind of stuff like that. And it really took me out of the movie, like, immediately, almost immediately. Um, yeah, it was nice to see Natalie Portman back and then, you know, donning the, the hammer and the interaction between the two and all that. Like, there were other funny moments that I thought was great. <clears throat> the introduction of the goats I thought was hilarious. Every time those things would scream, I would just lose my mind. And I, was, and I thought it was, like, hilarious. But then you had Zeus, right? 
um, Russell Crowe's version of Zeus. That was a little bit way over the top humoristic, you know, even though I loved it. Yeah, loved it. There are some Got people me. who who will eat it up, and you know, sure. you know, people like yourself. They loved that, and they loved a lot of the humor in this movie. And I guess just for me, it was not something I was expecting, and I was looking forward to as far as a Marvel movie, or at least this part of a Marvel movie of someone that we've seen so many times. Like I wanted something a little bit more serious, a little something with a lot of stakes, you know, a little something that. Yeah you know, kind of had a little bit of seriousness to it. And this was just all comedy parody, all that stuff like that. So it did definitely throw me off. But but yeah, it, it's but at least it's good to say that you had two on your list. I had two on my list. We yeah. didn't have like 10 movies that were like, oh, my God, yeah. what did they do here? Right. Because yeah. that would have been a shame. But again, as we always say, curious to hear what you all think. What were your disappointed from the summer of this year do you agree with blake and i or do you think we're nuts and we we shouldn't have these movies on our hall of shame uh list there definitely chime in with your thoughts and all that but um there are some movies that i know that we weren't able to see so with the coming months being a little bit light and all that what are some of the movies on your list that you are looking forward to catching up on that you weren't able to see this past summer? So, sorry, I'm at lowkeygeek.com slash unsubscribe, leave feedback, <laughs> terrible opinion, <laughs> terrible, terrible opinion. No, um, go to the comments uh, and tell us all how wrong Renee's list is. We all know. We all know. Um, I'm going to move on real quickly before you guys have a chance to respond. Before we do that, before we do the the watch list, I do want to shout out. I was going back over my list, and I, none of these are really making the the top five for sure. But like honorable mentions are like worth mentioning. Um, Spiderhead, I think that's a disappointment, but it's not a hall of shame. Gray Man for me, that is an honorable mention. Um, those are streamers, so the list I had pulled up was theater movies. Um, for me, Gray Man, I absolutely uh, enjoyed it. I understand why it was more of a, seen as a flop. Um, senior year rebel Wilson. I had a really good time. I enjoyed it. It was fun. If you're into that kind of like, um, old school clueless kind of movie, but want to see a modern take good at that, um, day shift, which we talked about a lot in our Netflix episode. Oh yeah. Um, we, that's a, a whole movie that I found entertaining, but overall unsuccessful, but I think that's probably an honorable mention. The other one I'm surprised and I'm wondering if maybe just cause it wasn't on the list we were looking at is if Chippendale Rescue Ranger is on your honorable mention, because I know how much you loved that one. May 17th release date, and I I watched it based on your recommendation. You did? Yeah, um, yeah I think what, what we, did, we were doing the best of Q2 or Q3 for that yeah. one, something like that. I guess it would be Q2. I watched it. I was, because of what you said, I was disappointed, of course. It wasn't that good, but it's probably an honorable mentions, if I'm being honest. If I reset my expectations, I was entertained by it. And it is very much a you movie, for sure. That's true. Pop cultural references yep. galore. It's got the this, the um, the nostalgia thing going on. I grew up loving them, and so I wasn't necessarily blown away by the comedy of it, but was it an entertaining product and a great way to do that? And it's kind of got the Deadpool winking um at the audience um in on the joke thing awesome at all that so honestly it is an honorable mention for me too i think like when i think about the they took chip and dale 
now totally obsolete and then just like revived it i'm surprised it didn't become a bigger thing or like we're not going to probably see like five you know lego movie style five more of these but i thought it was very successful and uh, i could see anybody enjoying that movie especially if you know chip and dale if you're nostalgic for it in the least check it out it was interesting what they did there no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't going to expect to hear you gush over it like I did. Yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It is definitely a me movie. That is like so me. But I thought it, it also helped that I went into watching that movie without any expectations whatsoever. You yeah, know? Because was I was I was like, I don't know what they're going to do with this movie. And I was never like, yeah. I'm not a fan of like these hybrid cg live action movie or you know cartoon and live action especially the way they've been doing it lately <clears throat> so i wasn't sure really what my, what to expect and i think that's what helped me love it even more because it gave me a lot of stuff that i was like wow that's funny oh that's kind of cool how they did that oh wow they made all these references you know it's like it kind of like blew my expectations which was very 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 low to begin with um, and yeah, I, I, if I were to make like a must watch streaming movie list, uh, from this past summer, uh, I would definitely include that up on there because I am pretty sure a lot of people slept on it who might actually enjoy that type of movie for sure. If you go in with no expectations, I would have had probably similar experiences. I'm going like, Oh, I remember this when I was a kid, I'll put it on. And yeah. it wasn't, is it good? Is it like Lego movie? The reason why Lego movie was so successful is because people were going like, well, how the hell are you? I'm hoping Barbie's the same way. We're oh. getting ahead of ourselves. We're talking about the future movies, Avatar, Barbie. No more time on that. But I'm curious <laughs> how that'll go. And I'm glad people's expectations are low for that. So yeah. we'll see. For my watch list, before we get to it, one last little thing. If we had an intern, I would ask them to put on some sad music and do an in memoriam and a black and white uh, title card like they do with the Oscars. Because there are some movies from summer 2022 that I will <laughs> never watch. And they are dead forever. I, there's a chance I could have seen them in the theaters. It's a certain buddy going to the movies. I, got, I, I needed AC. Mm -hmm. And these are ones where I am confident. I know myself. I go, oh, yeah, I kind of want to watch that one someday maybe. These ones I lost to summer 2022. It's after Labor Day and they're gone forever. DC League of Super Pets, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, Beast, Where the Crawdads Sing, Easter Sunday, The Phantom of the Open, and Black Phone. If you loved those movies enough that you would have put them on your honorable mentions, put it in the comments, because I, but none of those got to the level where like, you're like, you gotta see that one. Yeah. And all of them are ones where it's like, okay, that was like the fourth best movie at the theaters. I only saw three movies that week. Sorry, dude. I'm not going to see your movie. Thanks for making it mm, next time. It's going on the, the going in the attic forever, never to be seen again. Right. Are any of those, I, just before we move on, are any of those ones that you saw and enjoyed or can, would recommend at all? I, I was curious of League of Super Pets, for example, if you even saw that one. And if you didn't, Lord knows I'm never going to. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, there was a part of me that was curious about it. Sure. Um, you know, sure. because you know, These it's, are all curiosity it's, movies for me. Right. Yeah, maybe I'll see that. Yeah, but good? if the reviews are good, I'll go see it. Yeah, and I feel like the, those who did see it are is because of kids. You know, kids wanted to go see it. It's a good kids movie to go to. Um, for me, I don't think I'll ever watch this movie. To be honest with you, um, again, my curiosity was very little about it, but there it was there, 
And then I changed my mind. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. Hmm. Um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It, however, if there is one movie on your list that I might see, only because I've heard good stuff about it, and that's Black Phone. I actually heard pretty decent stuff about Black Phone. I heard that um, the way that it was kind of done and put together was interesting. Uh, Ethan Hawke is kind of having like a resurgence now. And I heard he kind of did a good job in this movie. So, but I understand why this wouldn't be on on your, you know, watch list because you're not a horror guy. You're not like, like a, like that's, that doesn't, you know, speak to you. So the only exceptions are like ones I mentioned, like men or get out where it's like, this is a high, you got to see this one. You're missing out on life. And like even hereditary Midsommar, I haven't seen, even though they're on that level, just because like I have such a little taste for it. So R.I.P. forever. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Gone Especially, and I, and I will say this too, because this is a funny tidbit also. So Easter Sunday. Now, yeah. if you know who what I am, or I shouldn't say it like that, but if you know my nationality, <laughs> what I am, what are you? <laughs> but if you know my nationality, I am part Filipino. And, you know, obviously, Joe, Joe Coy, he's like this big Filipino comedian. Uh, my entire family on that side loves him to death. This is a movie for them. Not for me. Why? Because, one, it looks very corny, in my opinion. And, two, I've lived all that. So I've been to family events. I've been to holidays. I've been to dinners and all that. I already know what mm-hmm. goes on. I don't need to be reminded about any of that stuff. So I'm good. I'm I'm good. But at the same time, it just looks like a very badly done movie. I'm sorry. It just looks really, really bad. Um if I hey, were to compare you saying that, how dare you? Oh, I'll tell them straight to their faces. I don't care. Oh, no. They know that. Oh, you no. know, I oh, I have no. a friend who's I'm not sorry, even Filipino know. and watched this movie and he was like, Oh, it was kind of funny. It's like, yeah, because you didn't live through it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's just one of those things. But yeah. No, yeah. R.I.P. Dead Forever. Um, especially, oh, poor Idris Elba too. I know he's celebrating Yo. his 50th birthday, right? So I heard Idris Elba punched a lion. Yeah. Happy 50th birthday, National Cinema Day yeah. to Idris Elba. <laughs> what a coincidence. I bet that's why they chose this weekend, not because Labor Day. Oh, yeah. Idris Elba's 50th birthday, Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. Yeah. And while we celebrate life, we sometimes celebrate those who've gone before us, such as your movie beast your movie I beast yeah you punch the line wanted to see it and i'm never gonna see it i'm i'm almost certain based on the reviews but maybe one day which speaking of which um on this watch list we're, we're ready to, to, to yeah, go into go that for it. I've, I've done enough interruptions my watch list and if you and seriously if you're in the comments please add movies to this list because i have on letterbox a long growing watch list and i really do use that yeah. um you're sick you're hungover. It's a slow day. Winter's coming, everybody. Uh, and you're going to have days where you don't want to go outside. And we all need these watch lists. Goodness knows. So <clears throat> on that one, I'll start with kind of like it's the low end. These are based on TV shows that I'm never going to go out of my way to watch this one necessarily. Mm-hmm. But Downton Abbey and Bob's Burgers movies, those are ones... I just want to put on something I don't want to think. I don't want to feel anything too wild. I just kind of want to, like, put on something entertaining. I've heard really good things, especially about Downton Abbey, from, like, cinephiles. 
and oh. it's not going to get the, like it's probably not going to get some huge recognition. It'll probably be nominated for costume at the Oscars, I'm assuming. But um, that's one I would watch. I, you know, mom comes to visit next time, and I just go, "Oh, you want to watch that?" It's like that kind of like oh, I could see that one. But there's real ones on my real watch list that are. I know I need to see this. So there's that, that's kind of I've got a top five here essentially. Once we put those together, um, Lightyear. I've seen every Toy Story movie. I want to know the backstory. Didn't see it. It never appealed to me that much. And then the reviews were some people said it was it hit the notes it needed to hit. Some people were disappointed. If I go into it not expecting Toy Story five, but instead expecting some weird spinoff, then I think I'll probably like it. So I'm seeing that one at some point. I'm assuming in the future. Um, Vengeance, the new B.J. Novak movie. I, it's a movie for me. Honestly, when we're done recording, I might go to the movie theater tonight and I might see Vengeance. Um, if it's in the theaters on a cold day and I just looking for something to do, want to be stay inside, I, I'm assuming I'm going to put this one on. Uh, I'm not going to go into these because I haven't seen them. I can't review them at all. Right. Uh, but if you watch the trailer, you probably already know what it is. Like that looks entertaining and like my kind of movie. Last one, 3,000 Years of Longing. You saw it. It was on your honorable mentions, correct? And yeah. mm -hmm. I know myself, I know I love, we already mentioned Idris Elba. Happy 50th birthday, buddy. Whoa, 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 um, whoa. The Tilda Swinton, Idris Elba, one-two punch. I heard they have chemistry, and that oh, yeah. concept alone put me in the seat. I, that's the other one. Vengeance or, I might go see those like in 30 minutes. Um the cons uh, we were talking about A24 movies we talked about the movie lock you're talking about putting people in a room for a long time and having conversation people are saying that like it's a negative thing about three mm -hmm. that sign me up baby i'm ready to go i want to see tilda swinton and ears elbow wearing bathrobes in a hotel room for way too long and just talking just talking just and then i i don't know enough about it you've already seen it please don't spoil it i might see it tonight but my understanding is like they're telling stories and then we see some of those stories or something like that. I, I'm closing my eyes in case you're nodding. That sounds awesome, dude. And it's George Miller, Mad Max Fury Road. The problem is if you get people hyped about Fury Road and go, that's the dude who made Fury Road. Then they go see a movie with people in a hotel room. It's not going to get word of mouth. Yeah. It's yeah. expectations game. We keep saying it. Yeah. So now that I have my expectations reset, thank you for, for talking through it earlier. I think I'm going to go see that one ASAP. Are you kidding me? I don't yeah. know if I, if there's a movie that's like, that I, and I, now I'm probably overexcited, but sign me up right now. I, that's probably number one on my watch list, like ASAP. So thank you yeah, for no, giving your honorable mentions earlier. I'm glad we do this for this reason. I'm excited. No, of course. Yeah. That, that movie definitely is a you movie. Uh, and it's, it's unfortunate we weren't able to see it together so that we could yeah. like have like that discussion and review for it because like during my review a lot of things that you said that may turn people off is what i said too after watching the movie knowing george miller was part of the mad max universe and all that and then coming out with a movie like this i think people's expectations may be off for sure because they might be expecting this crazy um visual effects heavy nutty story and all that but this is like a very simple story it's a very People have to also remember George Miller directed movies like Happy Feet and Babe Pig in the Big City and all that. 
So he has range and he has the ability to do like kind of these like heartwarming, yeah. touching type of movies, right? Movies that are really more heavy on storytelling. And that's what this movie was. It was a movie that involved a lot of storytelling, you know, and, mm. and basically two people who tell stories to each other. Um, so and, and then you add in that mix of like the genie in the bottle situation and then, you know, it adds a little bit more stuff to it. But I, I enjoyed it for that, you know, and then I enjoyed it for like the the different take on all that. So I really I'm so curious to know or to hear your reaction once you do get a chance to see it, because I do think this is a you movie for sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's a good list to have there as far as things to catch up on mine. Um, not that far from yours. Um Definitely, I do want to see Vengeance too. I I am very curious. Like when I saw that trailer, I was very very curious for it. Vengeance oh, go ahead. Two. Vengeance two back with the vengeance. <laughs> you, okay, you also vengeance want harder. To see vengeance. Yeah, are you kidding? That's a diehard title right there. Okay, cool. Right, my bad. I'm just gonna help it. Vengeance no, it's fine. Two. Uh, I definitely do want to see that movie. Um, Crimes of the Future. Uh, what you did pique my interest when we were talking about it in another episode. And my interest is still peaked, but I think that's definitely going to be one of those like, all right, I, I'm at home. I want to watch something on streaming. Oh, that's available now. OK, now let me check it out. I feel like it's definitely going to be one of those movies for sure. Um, bodies, bodies, bodies. I am very curious about that movie. I, I would have probably seen it by now if I haven't had, you know, if I my schedule just wasn't the way it was, because uh, I definitely w am curious about that movie. Uh, Bullet Train, just because it looks crazy um and i definitely do want to check it out and plus the cast i mean the cast is you know it's a pretty big cast there um and i definitely want to see how that plays out for sure um but a movie that none of us mentioned but it piqued my interest because you know you and i we we again we are moviegoers we are you know cinema files and all that cinephiles to a certain extent uh you more so than me but Brian and Charles. When I saw the trailer mm. for Brian and Charles, I said, wait a minute. This looks like a movie that I would actually kind of enjoy. It's a very small independent movie that came out about a guy who invents a robot for companionship, for friendship and all that. Um, but it's not it's not what you think and what you would normally see from like a Hollywood movie about a guy who invents who, you know, makes a robot. Dude makes a robot out of like things he has around the house. So it is like really quirky and funny looking. And I feel like it is the type of movie that maybe on the premise sounds quirky and funny, but probably has like a little bit of like heart to it as well. Uh, it looks like it's definitely one of those movies. So I'm very curious to check that out, especially if it, if it releases on a streaming platform at any time soon, because um, that's something that... Not a lot of people talked about, but I've heard decent stuff about it, especially in the festival circuit. Yo, I meant to mention that on the dead list. That's how dead it was. And I actually, <laughs> like, I was typing, copy pasting things over. I was like, I, it was a nothing. Speaking of bringing things to life, man, you just added that to my watch list. Oh, there you go. Are you kidding me? Uh, that sounds lovely, what you just described. I just assumed it was some, like, kind of boring drama, whatever. That sounds awesome. Okay. I'm so glad. This is why I'm glad we do this. And yeah. if you're listening and you're in on this conversation, first, thank you for, for making it all the way through our Hall of Shame and everything else. <laughs> um, this is why I like doing this, is you have movies on your list that I, that I hadn't seen yet, vice versa. Yeah. And we also agree Jurassic World Dominion was terrible. 
Um, but yeah, that's awesome, dude. I, I'm gonna now. I want to see that. That's lovely. Oh no, yeah, definitely. Like, definitely check out the trailer um, because the trailer, like, like I said, I saw the trailer randomly play in front of a movie. I forget which movie it was, but I said to myself, "Wow." That looks like a movie I definitely want to check out. And I heard about it as it was touring the, the film festival circuit um, last year and earlier this year. I think it was at Sundance earlier this year. And I, I, I did hear pretty decent stuff about the movie. Now, it doesn't surprise me that this movie was dead on arrival as soon as it hit theaters because it's not that type of movie that general audience will go flock out to go watch. And plus, yeah. there was like hardly any marketing budget, I'm sure, from that um, studio yeah. as well. So... Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely curious. Maybe, maybe this could be a future episode where we talk about this hmm. movie if if uh, both Blake and I get a chance to watch it. But <laughs> but yeah, that is basically the summer recap and rundown of 2022. Now, obviously, the big question is how uh, how are movies going to be like, and how is the movie in- theater industry going to be like for the rest of the year and moving forward? We could have spend another episode talking about that, and you know what's going to save theaters or what have you. I'm, but I'm going to throw it to you all out there watching. Now, a lot of you are big moviegoers, uh, or else you probably wouldn't be watching us right now or listening to us. And if you are someone who loves going to the movie theaters, obviously there's a lot of common complaints, right? There's prices are too high, concessions are way too high. You know, now it costs like what for a couple to go to the movies, depending on what market you're in, could easily cost you 50 bucks, maybe. $700, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 50 bucks, what you Right, said. yeah. And that's a lot of money. Now, if you have a family of four or five going to movies, like, that could be nuts. So, in your opinions, what do you think would make going to the movies a lot more palatable for all of you? And what could potentially save movie theaters moving forward? Especially now with your streaming platforms being more prominent, um, but notice like there's a lot of changes too about day and day releases or the 45 day window where movies can move into streaming. Peacock doesn't seem to care. They seem to be putting all of their movies on, on streaming immediately. We saw that yeah. with this, this, uh, past week with, um, what's a honk for Jesus honk for Jesus. I thought was only going to be in the theater. It's on Peacock right now. So you could easily watch Wait, really? it at home. right now. Yeah. I, I almost saw it last <laughs> night. I'm going to watch it. Okay. Yeah. I have to go to the theater tonight. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it, okay. yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I do. I definitely do want to watch that movie too. But now I'm like, oh, I don't have to go to the movie theater for it. It's right there in Peacock, so I could just watch it at home. So yeah. I wonder how that's going to affect things for sure. But let us know your thoughts about what could potentially save movie theaters, and w- or what would make it easier for you to go to the movies these days, because obviously a lot of things have changed. But that is our movie time episode for the week. Thank you again for watching, listening, however you ingested all of this talk and information we just threw at you. Before we go for the week, Blake, how can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, Renee, the update is I've got a couple new followers on Letterboxd, I'm assuming, Woo! from our uh, Rabid fan base um, after our, our, our episode did so well. <laughs> I think I'm getting some runoff there. Uh, if you made it to the end, go follow me at Letterboxd. Uh, my screen name is Blake Wolf S S N B L A K E W O L F S S N. That is where you will see all the rankings I gave these movies, and can be like, you put Day Shift on your honorable mentions, but you actually gave it once. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Don't hold me to anything on there. But I log every single movie I see, and that is where my film persona lies. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. And again, for me, 
you see all the the tags on the screen. You see all the handles and all there. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, obviously. Again, if you are new to the channel, hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that notification bell so you could get notified every time a new video is uploaded. If you like listening to podcasts, we do. Check us out on your podcast platform of choice. Just look for the Low-Key Geek channel there and download this episode and many others. And leave a good rating when it prompts you to. Be kind. Share the love. It's not that hard and it doesn't cost you a thing. So that being said, this has been Movie Time. I've been Renee. This has been Blake. Stay cool, stay classy, stay safe. And we'll catch all of you next week. Peace out, y'all. Peace.